Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a money quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Rampage tonight. But before we do that, I feel like we should take a moment and reflect on a sensational rating for AEW Dynamite this week. 1.3 million viewers, the second most watched Dynamite ever after the first ever Dynamite, of course. It beat Monday Night Raw in the ratings. It's got momentum. It has, in fact, got momentum. I have been on the horse all year long, galloping towards my correct take. (laughs) And I've just won the Grand National. I've been convinced all year long. And, you know, it's supported by Dave Meltzer's great work when he was analyzing ratings trends. He believed that in terms of the key demographic, which is what drives the money, which is what drives the rights fees, AEW Dynamite was on course to beat Raw in the very same week. That has happened this week. It's just... It is impossible, and I always felt it was impossible, for one show to have so much buzz and to generally have such a high quality consistently versus one show (laughs) that is so dismal, so lifeless, half the time we might as well still be in the Thunderdome era Mm. on WWE Raw. In fact, about 90% of the time, and that's not hyperbole at all. It's just simply impossible for these two things not to pass each other by, and they have now passed each other by. Look, All Out 2021 was amazing, special, momentous. It was the complete epicenter of their pro wrestling conversation. We will see if these trends continue. I don't think this is the start of 83 weeks or (laughs) anything close to it. Um, I think Monday Night Football will mean that this is not an aberration. Nope. I think Dynamite's consistent quality and the fact that Punk and Danielson haven't even worked Dynamite yet. Adam Cole hasn't worked Dynamite yet, and he was basically NXT's biggest draw per Doing quarter next week, hours. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't think that number is going to be the uh, standard going forward, but I do think there'll be some weeks. There'll be enough for a 
the paradigm shift to slowly materialize. I think it will happen consistently, just not yet. I think Raw has to get a whole hell of a lot worse first. But how much worse can it get? Mm. A great result. I can understand why they got that air number. I'm not saying that they are going to do a WCW Nitro defeats Raw for 83 weeks deal, but you know, we're closer to a shocking paradigm shift than we were before. And as a more and more pessimistic Monday Night Raw fan, I still really enjoy SmackDown, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I'm trying to beat that. They've not actually won anything because that's a disingenuous take you see on Twitter. Yes. Um, my, you know, the, the optimist in me thinks, oh, maybe Raw will see this and go, right, what are they doing that we should do more of? We should advance, announce, you know, what's going on on this three-hour show or book well when the show's actually happening. Whereas in reality, you and I know exactly what's going to happen. They are going to use their strategy of announce everything 10 minutes before the show goes on air because that might hook a few viewers and do angles that they think will keep people hooked for the whole show but aren't really of any substance and just shoot off one-off surprises and nostalgia and all that usual bollocks uh, that really won't actually make a difference long-term. I mean, they could do a Legends Night. They'll love a bit of that, I'm pretty sure. I really hope they do, because we've got a lot of banter plan, plan for that. Yes, we absolutely have. I can't wait. Keep a goddamn ear out for that. We've got a phenomenal idea um, ahead of the next Raw Legends night. And I'm not being funny, given previous lulls in Raw's viewership and what happens when those lulls happen, I would bet a significant amount of money that as we speak, when that rating came out last night, when the Yanks start work today, we are recording UK time Friday morning, when the Yanks start work today, I would bet a significant amount of money that there will be a meeting held among USA execs mm -hmm. about, right, this isn't good, because at the minute, AEW is generating about a fifth of the rights fee that Monday Night Raw is. I might be off... Fourth or a fifth, a quarter or a fifth, mm -hmm. right? If this trend continues, <laughs> WWE's biggest revenue stream, and you know, they might still get the same amount, which is still exorbitant, only Dynamite gets a bigger amount, but they won't want that. They don't want Dynamite to get the same amount of money as WWE. That could genuinely be a paradigm shift in ratings, is one thing, in terms of the actual popularity and reach of the companies, that's something entirely. I think they are having a meeting as we speak, saying, right, what the hell do we do? And because Vince McMahon says, all right, okay, what we'll do is, right, we've been pissing around too long with these uh, with these last-minute impromptu shows, we will start telling stories. We will, it's not happening. Absolutely not happening. Legends Night, um, a NASCAR tie-in, Raw on the Roof, just these hollow, empty, one-week gestures that they've been doing for the past however many years. Mr. McMahon might be on telly as a recurring character. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Do you know what the thing is as well with, with Dynamite? And I think you'll admit this. He's often, when we've done these things before and talked about a spike in the ratings or, you know, a real increase for AW or just, you know, them getting close to Monday Night Raw, it's often off the back of a pay-per-view. And either the pay-per-view or the Dynamite after the pay-per-view do not hit the heights that they need to. And especially it's disappointing with that when it's Dynamite because you're like, right, hook people in. Get people to go from being like, oh, my God, I can't believe the mad stuff that happened on the pay-per-view to being like, right, I need to invest in this weekly, you know, so it's not like NXT was back in the day, for example, of just, oh, just watch the pay-per-view sort of thing. And I think we said it on Dynamite this week. This was a, a real 
exemplary show in terms of, yes, still develop the storylines, but introduce it for people who may be slightly less aware and make them invest in it as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's just a significantly better show. Yes. Anyway, right, let's talk about Rampage tonight. It's in uh, Cincinnati. And, uh, well, the main event, I assume it's going to be the main event, is anything, according to reports, but mid, in the words of Maxwell Jacob Freeman. We are finally getting Pac versus Andrade. And it sounds like, from what we've heard, not to spoil anything, it's worth the wait. Yeah, we're not going to spoil the result. I've not, in fact, sought out the result. Um, but there's a general good vibe around AEW and the relationship with its fans. In fact, it's like fawning at the minute. AEW want to service the fans. The fans want to lap that up. So what you get is you don't just get dropped all over Twitter carelessly. Oh, he went over. And who cares? No one's going to really watch it or engage with it. I think it's a respectful. This is what happens when you create a white-hot product that the fans are into. A mutual respect is formed between producer and customer. We, we are seeing that right now. And the accounts are, and this is only a spoiler on prospective match quality, that it bangs. <laughs> I'm shocked at these reports, and I've heard more than one of them. Yeah, it's fair to say, but it's not often you, you are that pessimistic about certain stuff on, on, Dynamite, uh, on AW, sorry. But I think it's fair to say you were concerned heading into this, whether it was at the pay-per-view or on this show. Indeed, I've been concerned because Andrade's dogged it since his return. He's transformed his body that to an extent that it's more impressive looking but the engine he's just put diesel and petrol or petrol and diesel or whatever mm. he's too slow he's too sluggish he works as a generic body guy until tonight also it would appear yeah i was worried about this because not his wrestling feels more sluggish and Kenny Omega, a triple mania, grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and said, well, we're having a Kenny Omega match. I'll accept <laughs> nothing less. And even that was four stars is a mid-Kenny Omega match. And that's exactly what they had. Um, and Pac likes to build his matches very slowly. And because of that, converged with Andrade's happiness to just not really put in a shift. Mm -hmm. I'm, I was thinking this match is going to be a, not a disaster, but a gentleman's three. And imagine saying that in 2018. Mm. Um, uh, one day, all those trademarks are correct. AEW is going to be a thing. They're going to sign Pac. He's going to return to wrestling, having been frozen out of his contract. And he's going to work a match with Andrade, who earlier that year, 2018, had worked one of the best WWE matches ever. That match with Gargano was tremendous. And by the way, it's going to suck. <laughs> I think, what? What? But all of the accounts say that this is... I've read straight fire. Mm -hmm. I forget the person, the name of the Twitter user in my replies. I apologize for that. But they've said it was straight fire. Like a lot of fans who were present at the tapings have reached out um, to various outlets or they've just said on Twitter, like, this is an excellent match. Um, I've heard they go about 20 minutes in Ooh. just delivering spades. I've heard one complaint about the finish not being great, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, this is exactly why taped shows, and we've discussed this quite a bit on these Rampage previews, I'm going to watch it anyway. Mm -hmm. If I'm on the fence, and there are certain AEW viewers who watch some episodes, not others, they are more than happy to wait for the reception before they invest their time in it. If anything, sometimes taped shows are an advantage. Mm. I wasn't alone in this opinion of Andrade versus Pac. I thought it was going to be a bit slow, 
and a bit meandering and not just have that explosive gear because of Andrade kind of sucks at the minute. But apparently he's going to save his career tonight. I can't wait. Um, surely Andrade goes over. Mm. Andrade appears to be more available. Packs basically there at this moment to work banger matches and he can't possibly create a real long-term story arc on his behalf because of the fact that his status is perennially uncertain amid this pandemic. It's kind of weird. If you trace Pax, yeah, you sometimes wonder, is it worth the bother? Mm. He's had this weird interaction with Lance Archer where he didn't know if they were aligned or if they were just hovering around each other because they fancied a bit of the action. Dropped stone dead. He's had the match with Kenny Omega where it was like, right, okay, let's just have a banger at double or nothing um, for fans coming back. He has done this feud with Andrade. He had this weird thing where he's going to come back together with Eddie Kingston. Remember that? Oh, yeah. After double or nothing, whether we're going to team together or tease some kind of alliance when it was the elite versus everybody. That just, they're not, they can't book someone who they don't know if he's going to be available. They don't know if they can trust in. I would rather have a few disparate threads of TV with no continuity. Like when you think upon, you think, oh, that was a bit of a waste of time because Pac's so great in the ring. Yeah. And apparently he's going to show why he's so great in the ring tonight. So let's have at it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's look ahead to some more matches uh, tonight. Uh, it's Friday. 10th of September, and a lot of people are talking about a huge, controversial figure finally returning to TV. I'm not talking about Brock Lesnar. I'm talking about Max Caster. He faces Brian Pillman Jr. tonight. And, I mean, the match I'm looking forward to. I'm also really looking forward to the acclaimed entrance from what I've heard about on Dark. Yeah, absolutely. So I've not heard any spoilers about um, what he's going to do on Rampage, read the rap, but on Dark, he teased having like a really heavily scripted promo that was so utterly naff and not potent on purpose, stemming from, you know, the fact that his last shtick was so edgelord that I got him ostensibly suspended. This guy is good, but we are better, sort of thing like that. It's, yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm so excited. And then he ripped it up and did something that was, in fact... Scripted by himself, but heavily regulated by Tony Khan, as is the case and as should be the case going forward. So 
I expect more of the same. And it's it, like it's it's awful to say this, but we saw it on Dynamite, and presumably, as we said, Brian Pillman Jr., the sound bloke that he is, is has okayed all this, especially with how hard MJF went in. So much so that his sister went into labor, apparently. <laughs> but there's a lot of material there that is edgy, dangerous, but also kind of accepted so long as it's okay with Brian Pillman Jr. and the, the Pillman family. I'm assuming it is going to yes. give him MGF's yes, behaviour exactly. <laughs> on Wednesday evening. Jesus, goddamn Christ, that was exceptional. Um, yes, it's a class wrestling. It's a class industry wrestling, isn't it? Mm. Like, I've always said that my favourite cheeky bastard thing in wrestling is someone like Bray Wyatt. He thought he had it made. Like, uh, what's a character? Well, you know, cult leader, major psychological prowess. And then Vince goes, can you do magic tricks? And Bray goes, even better, that means I win all the time. Eh, eh, you still go 50-50, everybody does. But I love the ambition on the lad yeah. to say, well, how can I not win all the time when I can teleport, I can control arena lighting systems, I've got ghost mates. <laughs> so that's the ticket to being a main eventer. If you can't lose, you must win. The winners, oh, sorry, wins and losses don't actually matter. And I've wasted all my time <laughs> doing the supernatural bollocks. So that's one of my favorite cheeky bastard things to do in wrestling, just to pitch a supernatural gimmick. Well, I have to win. I'm better than mortals. Love that. Cheeky bastards. Doesn't work in WWE because nothing does, but I love that. MJF and Caster have got one of my favorite things as well. Like, MJF particularly is a genius with this. My character is so awful that if you don't let me say the things that I have to say to get over, you will look like bit of a bitch for me not being able to say those things. All right. Come on, mother, you know, whatever. Mm. Have to do it. And Caster's kind of got that edge about him as well. I love it. If you can get a character that allows you to get so over, but oh, you kind of have to have a little bit of a thick skin. Fair enough. Caster's like a little bit like that. MGS much better at finding the line. As we know, even before Caster um, disgraced himself, his early promos, if you go back, he was doing all the soy boy cook and all the rest of it. It was a bit 4chan for my liking. Um, but then he started to get the knack of it. It was a bit more irreverent. It was a bit more bizarre. And then he did that. So I'm hoping for a proper return to mm. form. Look, this isn't going to be exceptional in the ring. The best we can hope for is the rap gets the heat. Pillman Jr. in his hometown gets a reaction. And that this is fun, heated, short effective, gets the job done, positions Pillman Jr. as a player ahead of Arthur Ashe. Uh, we've also got a three-on-three -three match. Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho, Riho, and Chris Statlander. Hoping for, for better than what we saw with the singles match on Dynamite on this one. Indeed, and I've read that this bangs. Oh, good. I've also read that this match bangs. Um, it's one person, so, you know, it's not going to be this unanimous classic. I've heard that this bangs. I've heard that it's so much more tight mm. um, than the match was on Dynamite, which again furthers my idea that Rampage might be better for sometimes how functional and repetitive it is. We know we saw two of these women in the same match at uh, Dynamite. There's a risk of not rematches because this isn't a straight rematch, but having certain matches on Dynamite and Rampage cycle through different combinations without being 
full-on rematches can only help sharpen the chemistry, sharpen the pairings. As Hamlet said, let them iron out their kinks and wrinkles. Um, and apparently this match did precisely that from the first count, first-hand account I read. Apparently it's really good. The Reba bits are the Reba bits, like the comedic relief, but, you know, the crowd were hot for all of it. So even if your mileage varies, it's not this moment where the match just gets lost and the tone just gets uneven. Apparently this is really good. Um, surely you have the baby faces win mm-hmm. because you want to um, further the idea that Britt Baker, if she continues to rely on these people, is in a bit of danger because they are proving themselves to be weak or like baggage. I really thought about Riho as a title contender when I've been there going, who are they going to put across from Britt Baker to make a, a proper heel? We talked about the fact that Ruby Soho, they have managed to establish that great heel face dynamic, but Riho's in that uh, stratosphere as well, considering the reaction she got and the Casino Battle Royal. She's been over since day one. She's been over since day one. She was a proven quarter-hour draw during her AEW Women's title run. Just so impressive considering that they did very little to establish a character. She had split her schedule um, across Japan and AEW so that she wasn't a consistent presence. And she's just so goddamn likable. Mm. She's so sympathetic. She's such a great firecracker of a worker, which she obscures in the guts of the match to get an even bigger pop when she starts to explode with the comeback. Her entrance theme rules. She'd be an amazing babyface opponent for Brett Baker, now that you pointed out, because she's impossible to dislike with one exception. Day one, she was over. Day two, she was addicted to Yuka Sakazaki. Mm. I'll never forgive that. <laughs> I'll never forgive that. But yeah, um, Statlander, we know, got beat on the pape. Ruby Soho, upcoming. I'd love to see Baker versus Riho. Mm. We've seen flashes of it before. It was very good. And Riho deserves a much better spot. Like, there was a bit of an incident on the Twitter discourse overnight when someone was complaining that they're not getting utilized correctly, that person doesn't have a leg to stand on. Riho does not get used anywhere near often enough. Sheeta doesn't get used anywhere often enough, so I'm always happy to see Riho on my TV. It's nice to see a potential sort of uh, next few steps for Britt Baker, because often we've been sort of saying it's it's sort of you know competitor of the week, you know challenger of the week going up against her, whereas you could book, like you say, Statlander to Soho, and, you know, it's a shame, obviously, Soho comes in and loses. But, you know, if you want to do it this way, Statlander to Soho, to Riho, to Thunder Rosa. Yeah, down there, like Riho with got, full gear would be awesome. Yeah, like there's, there's definitely stuff there. And, yeah, especially because you could put Riho in there with, like, a Jamie Hayter to build it up and showcase her, you know, never give up sort of attitude. While we're riffing here, while we're spitballing, is the key to making Britt Baker an actual heel which is the direction they are intent on going with, given who she's lining up against. She joins the elite and bins off Tony Schiavone oh. to properly align with Adam oh, Cole, yeah. stemming from Wednesday. Tony Schiavone is so beloved. He's the heart and soul of that organization. If Baker turns on Tony, that is the last thing, the last step that might make people think, Christ, I really actually want to do it after all. Then she can still turn face at another point. Yeah, hug him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Reconciliation. That's a really good, really good idea. The best. That. Uh, let's conclude. I often talk, conclude by talking about a promo, but it's worth mentioning because uh, advertised for tonight on Rampage is uh, Darby Allen and Sting responding to Tully Blanchard, who's booked 
Sean Spears versus Darby Allen, was it next week? Love Sean Spears, though. I'm a big fan of his. I always hear what culture. Yeah. And I, I'm excited for that. But I want to talk about the elephant in the room. And we sort of touched on it on, on Dynamite Review. Oh, are we getting Sting versus Tolly Blanchard down the line? Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, odd, this. Mm. Very odd. It was very sudden, very jarring. The way it was delivered and the way it's just sprung from nowhere, I think a lot of people were just taken aback. So taken aback and stunned that they couldn't get hyped. Maybe we'll see some developments tonight. In fact, they are advertised, as mm-hmm. you just said, that might get us hyped about this. Um, look, this will be a nice little pop for a TV undercard. And it'll get a proper loud one as well, like Tully and Sting, like this audience loves professional wrestling, loves the history and the range of professional wrestling. There is little more to love than Tully Blanchard in 1985 and 1986. Like a legend, there's little more to love than Sting. This will be a nice little moment worked around Spears and Darby Allen. Yeah, I was going to say, you could do it You could do it as a tag match. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going one-on-one. <laughs> they are not going one-on-one. As much as I loved Tully Blanchard's cameo in that trios match, at the crossroads before Revolution, I believe it was. You can't work a singles match, like, you just can't do it. Um, so I expect it to be a tag built around um, a big showdown between Sting and Tully. Tully could probably take a splash into a splash, a, like a slapstick pratfall on his back, like a really slow, controlled bump, and then the death lock. I wouldn't want to take a scorpion death drop. No, like. no. So Sting a splash, he can go, oh, I'm going to carefully go on the floor. But it's going to make it look like I'm doing the whole very slow stumble backwards, and then you can get put in the death lock. And I'd love it. Um, it's weird. It is. It's insane to be suggesting. And it's just such a shame, shame to see AEW having to use stars from other companies, if I'm perfectly honest. Oh, you're such an arsehole. We got, we made it through an, almost made it through an entire podcast, and you dropped that bollocks on me. I know what you're doing. It's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> interestingly, I don't know what goes next for MGF. Pillman Jr., Constant teasers with Wardlow, that's bound to explode, and it's going to be awesome, and it does. But there's pinnacle stuff happening with Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. MGF is still in the pinnacle. They really need to cut a promo with the five of them. Like, I think like, I'm not one of these guys who goes, oh, they should recap every single thing they do on this show. Minutes after we come back to the show from the commercial, like, people aren't morons. Some people are. Too many people are. <laughs> but this audience isn't. It is reaching a point where there are people in my mentions saying, oh, is Pinnacle still together? Yes, but I can honestly understand for once why you feel like there might not be. So maybe MGF versus Darby Allen is the direction. Um, or is MGF Wardlow the direction? Who the hell knows, but MGF versus Darby Allen would be such great drama. Yeah. It would be such great drama because they are the two biggest, I don't want to say homegrown. They grew themselves. That's what independent contractors, God damn it, do. They are independent contractors. That's where the independent part comes into it. But in terms of acts that weren't familiar to mainstream audiences, that in collaboration with the performers, AEW was hoisted to the main event level. Babyface and heel, it's Alan and MJF. It would be such a great showcase of what this promotion promotion can do to have them in a featured match at full gear, but 
These are conversations for a different day, perhaps. Indeed. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage tonight. They're on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. As I said, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Lots of good stuff coming your way today. The SmackDown preview, WrestleCulture with a hashtag, bloody good quiz. And then over the weekend, myself and the Dadly Boys chatting all about Adam Cole in AEW. Should he be a manager instead? We'll maybe discuss that. Who knows? Uh, but this has been the AEW Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Listen to this ACAST show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.